thanks to the rules of ESPN Plus, I am not allowed to watch the Dallas Stars on ESPN Plus when they are on there because of blackout rules, which I didn't think applied to me because I'm up in Oklahoma City, not you know Dallas. So yeah, I figured. I think, man, that's a that's a large air that's a large air mileage if they're covering from Dallas to OKC for blackouts. Well, I think what it has to do is. So I know what it used to be, which was Fox Sports Southwest, RIP, um, was sort of like the main one. But there was a Fox Sports Oklahoma that would kind of take over when an Oklahoma team was playing. And so they kind of – I think Fox Sports Oklahoma sort of piggybacked off of Fox Sports Southwest, and I bet it's still the same setup. Either way, it's bullshit. All right. Well, welcome everybody to uh, We Ate All the Pies. My name is Adam. Jordan is here with us tonight. Uh, Caleb is not because he is on his uh, his travels, uh, which actually took him through Oklahoma City, Jordan. And uh, I think we talked a little bit about this about yeah. this on the last show. Um, and it was fun. It was a it was a good time. No, we did not find our own downtown Ricky. Um, that Damn. he he he, he is forever in Tulsa lore. Yeah, no, downtown Ricky is the king of the Margaritaville at the Rind River Casino in yes. uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, actually, from what I understand, <clears throat> the last uh, the last message that Caleb sent us was he is on a cargo plane to uh, Ukraine huh. uh, right now. Uh, he's joined the Azov Battalion, um, and you know he's he's ready to uh, you know finally push those dreaded Ruskies out of uh, out of. Uh, uh, Kharkiv and you know, just out of Ukraine overall. He's he's ready to end this. I want to be very so sending our best. I want to be very clear that Caleb is is not neither a neo Nazi or a full on Nazi, and therefore is not part of the allegedly Nazi Azov rebellion. Um, uh, no, he's not allegedly Nazi, Adam. They are neo-Nazi. okay. I didn't know <laughs> what the. <laughs> it's hard to tell these days when you know everybody's calling everybody a Nazi, and some people make it very obvious by the things that they say. And uh, some people just like to throw the word around. So, um, no, he's he's, he's gone out of Texas. I think that's the uh, second time I've made a Azov Battalion joke about Caleb and him not being here. <laughs> I just only imagine what y'all say about me when I have to take the random break. Um, yeah, not much. <laughs> no, it's usually something to do with. Uh, it well it used to be something to do with Newcastle, but it's hard to make fun of them nowadays since they are doing so much better. So. Um, we could we could talk a little bit about uh, about your result over the weekend, Jordan. Did you play? Yes, you did. You played Everton. Another good result there too for Newcastle. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mickey's on fire. I, I know, I know. I, I you know, uh, Kareem Benzema won the Ballon d'Or. I feel like Mickey got well. Technically, he can't qualify because <laughs> he's he's not European. But I mean, why not? Well, actually, you know what? No, Wait, he can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. They amended that rule. Yeah, no, he got cheated. Yeah, it was not. Uh, it's not the best. It's not the best. Um, it's European not the best European player, player. It's it's the best. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, it's like just the best player in the world. Because I mean, Messi's won it a million times, and I think he's won it seven. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like a million times. Um, yes, Karim Benzema. When the, I feel like that's fair. That's a fair result. I I I I, I mean. He's just been so dominant, and the fact that he's still doing this at his age, at the highest level with Real Madrid, like that's just fantastic. I mean, he's won. He he won the Champions League with them. Um, you know, he won the league with them. 
and and he's just he's he's still going. So yeah, I I'm I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm okay with that. I mean, the only thing I, I just kind of feel for is the fact that um, Robert Lewandowski yet again has just been yeah well unrecognized for his goal scoring prowess. Um, and, you know, maybe just because the lack of you know your the the European titles is really what's kind of held him back because he's still knocking it, knocking it in as well. And he, he did today against my my Spanish team, which is Villarreal. That was upsetting. But now he's playing for we don't pay anybody Barcelona. Like I, I don't know how that maybe that has an impact on the fact that he didn't win the Ballon d'Or. The we have no money and we don't care crowd. Well, I mean, technically the we have money and we uh, we have no money and we don't uh, care crowd is the Tory government right now, right? Well, yes, that too. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was some interesting news today. I would rather not go into the intricacies of why that happened with the, with the True. listeners this week. I just just only to say that this began twelve years ago when David Cameron became prime minister and really ramped up around Brexit and is now coming back to bite everybody in the ass. So, can I uh, ask you a question? Sure. And if the last little bit, we'll touch on this. Okay. Does England, in their time of crisis, you know, inflation? Uh, you know, potential, you know, uh, potential, you know, uh, gas crisis in the in the, in the winter months. Poten- it's not potential. Up. It's a definite gas. It's a, it's a hundred percent a crisis. It's okay. It's, there's a, no gas, potential. a gas yeah. shortage yeah. coming for you know for the winter months. Um, is it time to bring in the big man, the the, the pie eater himself, Sam Allardyce? I think Sam Allardyce. Yeah. To steady the ship. Yeah. Because you know, I I feel like England. Uh, Post Brexit, are uh, has just been relegation fodder, and they have been teetering. <laughs> they did get relegated uh, from the from the yeah, yeah. Nations League, <laughs> and they got yeah. relegated from from Brexit from the Europe. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's so bad when the uh, is it the president of Greece is <laughs> is is making jokes about uh, hey if you need help dealing with the IMF this is how we did it. <laughs> um, when when the president of Greece people. is dunking on you. Yeah, you, you're you're in trouble. So I think it's time to bring in Big, Big Sam, uh, bring in uh, the 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 stabilization specialist. You know, let him right the ship. Then maybe in the summer, you know, once England is you know staved off, you know, relegation to uh, the uh, you know uh, third world. I don't know. <laughs> third? Ah, no, no, because well, I mean. Uh, it's it, not it the correct. How you want to qualify. It's not the correct use of the of third world, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let Big Sam in. Come, let, let Big Sam come in. Stave off relegation. Stabilize the ship, and then maybe in the summer, you look for a new leader to you know yeah. take the nation forward. Steven Gerrard for prime minister. I mean, he's on the free. <laughs> Um, yes, I think I speak for, for the majority of people in England at the moment where I say general election now. I think it's time. But that's just... Yeah, me. no, it's time, yeah. No, um, no, no, I, I'm in full experience with you, too. Yeah. Um, actually, I was going to say, uh, would, wouldn't that be the, the way to really re-engage the, uh, the city of Liverpool and, you know, that region of, of, of England is to have a scouser in, the, uh, <laughs> in number 10? Because oh, they'd I love believe him. historically since, like, the 80s, yeah, no. Since like the eighties, they've really not given a, uh, a, a a thought or two, you know, a, a thought about who's it, uh, who's the prime minister at the moment. Um, 
so yeah, lots lots to unpack. As I was telling Jordan a little bit earlier, it's it's kind of a weird show. Um, number one, Caleb's not here. Number two, um, you know, a lot of these it's Thursday, and so a lot of these topics have been talked about a lot in the media. And we're already looking forward to another exciting weekend in the Premier League with a lot of really good games coming up this weekend. I, I, I sent out that text for the top shelf picks, Jordan. I think those are all uh, some tough games to pick. A, a classic English fixture coming up this weekend, even though the, the actual game itself may not be a classic. But um, but yeah, so there's there's a lot going on right now. But I'll, I'll go with the breaking news today, um, other than... Uh, Liz Truss is, is out as, as Prime Minister. I think the more important news is that Steven Gerrard um, is out as Aston Villa manager. They lost 3-0 today to Fulham uh, at Craven Cottage. Uh, Caleb, well done, killing off uh, old Stevie G. Um, it's been coming for a while. I think the, the discussions about how long Steven Gerrard should be allowed to last in his role at Aston Villa has been, has been going on. In fact, my note before this was going to happen was, is Steven Gerrard on borrowed time? And apparently the answer to that question was yes. Um, so Gerard's out. Uh, Villa looking for a new manager. The rumor is that they want Mauricio Pochettino to replace him. Um, this is I, I, I'm surprised by this. I thought Aston Villa would be a lot better this season, Jordan, and I, I thought that they would, you know, sort of take the good from last season because it was a mixed bag at the end of last season. But I mean, they almost single-handedly decided this Premier League title against City. Um, you know, before the big comeback and before City uh, City won it, you know, Villa were going toe to toe with them, and that's the Villa that I thought we were going to get this season. And it just it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened for them. <clears throat> no, it hasn't at all. And I don't know if you saw the notes from today's game. Uh, Aston Villa is the first team in Premier League history to have a player sent off, a penalty conceded, and then a, an own goal scored. So really? it was the it was the hat trick of. Uh, of self-destruction. Well, I thought West Ham would have had that record by now, but anyways. Ah, you, you might have completed two, but you you, you got to get, <laughs> you all, three get all three. Got to get all three. Yeah, yeah. that would be a hat trick. Um, yes, um, Douglas Luiz yeah, no. uh, was sent off for it was I think it was a headbutt. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, even honestly, a pretty red card. Honestly, I mean that. I mean, you know, we we talk of Douglas Luiz. Uh, you know, let's not forget Philippe Coutinho's in this squad. Uh, Tyrone Mings, mm. Matty Cash, um, Adam. I'm drawing a I'm drawing a blank on their big striker. Ollie Paul. Watkins. Uh, yeah, Ollie Watkins. I mean, honestly, Denny's. I kind of felt like Denny's, I kind of felt like this team was going to play going into the season. They're going to play a four uh, a four one. Maybe a four uh, a four three one two, you know, kind of have you know, uh, you know, a holding midfielder, you know, have Cash and the uh, Lucas D uh, Lucas Dinge, uh provide width up the pitch, have Coutinho just in that floating role, and let Ollie Watkins do what he does best, stretch the defense and uh, you know in transition, and then let uh, Danny Ings you know just kind of poke in and around the box, which he's really good at. Danny Ings is really effective at just popping up in places you don't expect. And I thought this team would be a lot better. I think we all did, really. And it's just—I I don't know if it's if this is if this is just bad blood spilling over from the uh, the incident between Steven Gerrard and Tyrone Mings about stripping him of him of the captain uh, captaincy, captain. Yeah, we're uh, yeah. 
of the of the armband. We're just gonna go with that uh, of the armband earlier this summer, and then giving it back to him. Um, it's it's sad to see him go. I, I mean, you know, he seemed like a a promising English manager who now has to kind of you know go out into the wilderness and find himself again after you know rescuing Rangers and then coming coming down south and having a decent year with Aston Villa, you know, and then, you know, then just kind of cratering. Um, so I, I do think one thing that's hurt Steven Gerrard this season is injuries. Obviously, Diego Carlos, who uh, was a pretty big signing from the summer, he got injured. Um, uh, Bubakar Kamara, another player that was injured from the summer. Lucas Dina, you mentioned, uh, he's got an ankle injury, so he's he's been out. Um, you know, but... It really comes down to just underperformance. I don't think Ollie Watkins has been particularly that good this season. Um, Danny Ings certainly is, has, has underperformed. Um, you know, Douglas Louise, who I think was given a contract extension recently, the, getting that silly red card. Tyrone Minks has not been that good. Uh, Emi Buendias continues to just kind of kind of struggle. I mean, he, he can't put together any good performances. I mean, Coutinho rode the bench today. Um, that's how, how, how poor he's been doing. And it was such a big deal when he came over uh, from Barcelona and they got him on a permanent deal. And it was like, yes, this is, this is good. We want this, um, you know, this is a, I mean, it, it, it looked like Steve Ajara was trying to, to resurrect the Liverpool of old with, with the players he was bringing in. But, but, you know, it's, I, I can't say that this is a bad decision because like I said, I think we all expected Estonville would be better and they're just not. I mean, they, they beat, Southampton back in September and out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's their one win out of eight games. They had draws against Leeds, against Forest. Um, and then that the draw against Forest was courtesy of, you know, I think their oldest player, Ashley Young. Lost to uh, Chelsea this weekend, but then lost to Fulham. And the performances just haven't been... It just looks like their heart hasn't been in it. So, so uh, they'll be looking for a new manager. Like I said, Pochettino is is one of the favorites. Um, but uh, Jordan, you pointed out that the the timing of Gerard sacking could 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 point to some future reunions later down the line. Oh. Uh... Yeah, no, no. Uh, I, and the, I was just jokingly texting in the group chat. Uh, the stars are aligning. Clop out. Uh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we've talked about, you know, Liverpool's um, issues. I, I would say I, I'd say failure to launch. You know, we were expecting them to come out of the gate just guns blazing, kind of like how City has and yeah. Arsenal, actually. Uh, and, you know, just really kind of level you know create that tier of the top two which which is now three clubs in europe and then everyone else is four or five points back trying to you know keep pace and just they really haven't they've struggled um and well until until recently yeah yeah (laughs) until yes let's get into that until the city match (sighs) yeah oh god like i like i hate I, I hate to see Manchester City steamroll over the league, right? You know, and like, but what do you hate I, more? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't, well, I don't know if it's if it's fair or unfair. You know, if if with City just kind of 
pile driving the the you know the league table uh you know there's been people like you know just think you know people online saying oh i thought the premier league wasn't a farmer's league lot you know la di da di da have been a laugh at just the dominant city a dominant run city has had um and then there's liverpool yeah and then there's jurgen klopp so mohammed salah and this, i just I, yeah. like i can't I, I i can never root for them to win yeah I it's can't. hard well and i think so th- this was obviously this was a huge result Liverpool getting the one no win uh, against City at Anfield, <clears throat> but I, th- I think it's their own fault that the major conversations after this game are not about the result. They're about Jurgen Klopp and they're about what happened on and off the pitch. Um, so you know Klopp getting sent off. He was uh, uh, certainly cited and fined by the FA. By the way, I don't understand how was Jurgen Klopp on the sideline. And involved in the Liverpool versus West Ham game when he was sent off in the previous game, I would have assumed that that would have meant, you know, if you if you get sent yeah. to the stands like that in such a manner for what he did, which was essentially getting the way and and I mean I, I don't want to say Imp- sho- shoved, but he yeah, impede, impeded the uh, impeding the the assistant referee. I don't understand how that that doesn't lead to him not being able to be on the sideline for a game because I assume a touchline ban has to be coming, but it wasn't for that game. It's for, so, you know, that's, that's, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'll be, honestly, the West Ham performance was such that I don't think it mattered whether or not he was on the sideline to begin with. But, but I, I've watched this back and what, what upsets me really is that the, the immediate reaction afterwards was, well, yeah, of course, Klopp got sent to the stands and and you know uh, uh, that that's deserved, and he should be punished. But can you blame him? Yes, yes, I can. I absolutely can because I looked at the foul. Yes, it's a foul. Is it so egregious that he should be standing in the way of the official? Absolutely not. That was a complete and utter overreaction by Jurgen Klopp. It's been coming. This is the type of person that he is, and I think it's ridiculous that we, as a whole, it seems are are apologizing on behalf or, or letting that behavior be like, oh, that's just Jurgen Klopp. When if Jose Mourinho did this, he would be absolutely obliterated by everybody. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Adam. I, I just don't understand how at this point his hysteronics can be accepted and almost like and almost praised because you know, people always talk yeah. about his passion for the game. No, that's fine. You can be passionate, but you you can do that yeah, in a way no, that doesn't he, that you know you he don't. Can be passionate, doing but that. he's also a whiny asshole. That too, and it, it it you can't separate one from the other with him. So I honestly rather, I mean, I'd I'd, I'd almost rather see him more tack turn and stone face on the sideline sideline side uh, on the touchline than you know how he acts currently. It's ridiculous, and then. He has the, you know, in the post-match, Pep mentioned, um, you know, this is Anfield uh, in reference to, you know, uh, the the Fabinho foul, which I don't think that was really a foul. I kind of think he was going to go, he was going down and Holland just kind of had like a little tug of his jersey. I just, I have a, my issue with it is kind of going back to our previous discussions of VAR, where we're like, look, if the referee's going to call a foul, call a foul. If he doesn't, 
can you really yeah. like? I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just don't. You can't. Yeah, you, you can't. I just like, don't. Can't I don't buy that. Intention. Yeah. That's what. That's what we ca- we always come back to is you can't legislate intention. Exactly. Therefore, if the referee's not going to give a foul in the moment, then that's not a foul. Yeah. And it's um, not like I mean I don't and, like it was a foul. I don't think either player had anything to do with the rest of the play. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah, no. Uh, I think Colin might have gotten the blight the ball to Foden, but I mean, it the the rest, you know, uh, occurred without him. But I was I was going to continue on, you know, the post match. You know, Pep mentions this Sandfield talking about the fouls, then he, then also oh. talking about the fact that he got hit with uh, objects, right? And then Jurgen Klopp in his post match conference uh, press conference mentions, oh, this is Anfield, like a snide little jab. At your at, at Pep Guardiola, and then I, I I don't know when this occurred, but I think it was uh, he talked about you know teams with you know ceilings, and how like teams like Newcastle United and Manchester City don't have a ceiling. You know they they can go purchase the players they they they, they whatever whatever they need to spend they can spend it. Whereas Liverpool has a ceiling. It just comes off disingenuous given the fact that we we know we have a list of what they've spent in past windows on transfers and it right. is an enormous amount. They spent 60 was it they spent 75 million pounds on Virgil van Dijk. They spent they spent, they spent 85 million pounds on, on Allison, right? No, on on Darwin. Yeah. They just they literally just spent that much money. And I, yeah, I don't understand. I, we this was something that was talked about last season. I don't understand this argument about where you know, and I, I, it's Liverpool fans who make it a lot who say something to the effect of, "Oh well, yeah, well, City they can just spend, 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 and they're this big money spending club." You are a super club. Liverpool is a super club. Sorry, you are. Let's not act like this is some sort of grassroots building project. You are a super club. You've bought all these players in and formed a team. There's nothing wrong with that. Right, that's just, this is how you play the game. Liverpool are, are a great side because of their transfer business, because of the things they've done. They're suffering right now because of the transfer business they didn't do. That's just the fact of the matter. But just because you didn't buy a midfielder in the summer, and City got the players that they should have gotten, doesn't mean that they are spending more money than you just because they can. That's ridiculous, and it's it's this stupid argument. I've heard fans make it, and now hearing Jurgen Klopp make it is just ridiculous. I think. Klopp is feeling the pressure right now, and I think that's what's 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 driving this. I think he is he's lashing out in a way that it, it's it's a way of in a way of a man who who feels the pressure at the top and is wondering how he's he's going to get out of this. Now, to Liverpool's credit, they've got six points in the last couple of games, and they're in a much better position than they were than say a week ago, but. It's still just it's it's ridiculous, and I, I hope the FA continue to take action because that's just insane, and I, and I don't like this reaction of oh well, yeah, but can you really blame him for doing? That? Yes, yes, we can, and we should because that behavior is not <clears throat> right. What what's sad about it too is the fact that I would love Jurgen Klopp as a manager if he was like this, but there was a wink to the audience that he knows he's being an asshole here, like he like he's playing a part, like. Like yeah. Jose Mourinho was was like this, but he knew it. He like he knew it. I don't think Klopp does. I think Klopp is uh, is wrapped up in his, in such self righteousness that he doesn't see his own 
his own asshole, uh, you know, assholeness poking out, and just is and and being visible for all the world to see. It's 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 disgusting. Yeah. I, yeah, and, and I mean, this is yeah. What's this? What, if we had any Liverpool listeners before this, we'll 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 certainly be losing them. I mean, to Liverpool's credit, they did well. They played this game very well. They, you know, they handled Holland well. I think they maybe got a little fortunate. Holland had a couple of chances that probably should have uh, put away there, especially there in the first half, and he just didn't. Um, you know, and maybe that's something. You know, I mean, this is. I, I think it's it's a. It's a it's a very individual case. We'll have to see how he does against other teams, but you know it's um, you know it's interesting to see him playing against the bigger teams versus some of these other ones that he he is he's kind of bullied around. But you know, give Liverpool credit. I mean, they did they did well. It's just it's a shame that we can't talk about that performance because the actions of their manager have overshadowed an otherwise very very good afternoon. And don't forget, too, we're also burying this lead as well, that there's an investigation on to, uh, on Jordan Henderson for something he said on the pitch. Is that still going on? I didn't I didn't know if that was still occurring. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's like the fifth thing we think about at you know, Liverpool right now, beyond Klopp, Alexander-Arnold, uh, you know, Darwin Nunes, and then, you know... Uh, their midfield, the age of their midfield, which good on James Milner for, I mean, he, I think he was really incredible in that match against uh city, you know, for being 38 years old, he definitely put in a shift. So, yeah. So Liverpool with the, with the big result of the weekend and then obviously all the talking points, but I want to, I want to switch to Chelsea for a minute just because I, I, I feel like since Graham Potter uh, was appointed, we haven't really talked about them a whole lot. And I don't think they've had, Many games in which we could we could highlight them because they've been playing you know some opponents that you know you could say maybe they should they should be beating. They played Manchester United this weekend. Uh, they had a very good result. Uh, well, I, I said they so there was a goalless draw against Brentford. They they did beat Aston Villa two nil on Sunday. The the last defeat that they suffered was that one nil defeat to Dinamo Zagreb. And, of course, that, uh, the loss that they had to Southampton at the end of August. But uh, they've been winning pretty much straight up. I mean, that, that draw against Brentford was their real first blip under, um, under Graham Potter. And they look good. They look good. I mean, he's, he's kind of hitting the ground running, and, and they, they look very solid. Um, and I don't I, they just they look more assured to me under Potter than they did under, under Torchell. And I don't know. I I don't know if if, if you've been able to see uh, much of them, Jordan. But they just the 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 formation to me and the 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 way that the players line up, it just looks it looks better, and and it looks like it suits them more with their personnel. You you know, Adam, I have not been able to see uh, see much of Chelsea's matches uh, since uh, Potter took over. But I will say, from his days at uh, managing Brighton. I think he's an excellent man manager. I believe he instills confidence and you know allows players to express themselves. And I think quite pr- quite frankly, play above what they're you know what what people assume their talent level is. I mean that's why Brighton uh, has you know has been able to get to where they were at because of him. You know pushing the right buttons at the right time. Uh, you know rehabbing uh, 
Danny Welbeck's career. You know, he's not scoring the goals, but I mean, he is an effective he is an effective striker for Brighton because he puts pressure uh, over the top. Yeah, and I this is I think this is what Chelsea has needed for quite a while, and I and they were never going to get this under Tuchel because I think he's too much of a uh, a micromanager. Hmm. Um. And I think he, I, and I think he likes to, he, he likes to, to ride players a little bit. I, I think he definitely does Potter that. Just, I, I think Potter just goes, goes out there and says, "Okay, you're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing." And you know, yeah, he lets them play. It, it, yeah, it, and that's what, and, it's, and you know, sometimes, and you know, this is in the, and, and this is common in the NFL too. After having the hard ass taskmaster, taskmaster, you got to bring in the players' coach. You got to bring in the guy who is a little bit, you know, less hands on, and you know, in terms of, you know, I'm gonna just, you know, be on you when you make a, you know, every single mistake. And honestly, with Chelsea's, you know, current form, the the top, the you know, Champions League. It's it's going to be tight, you know, because we got we got City sitting at twenty three, we got Tottenham sitting at twenty three, then it's Chelsea, Man United, and then me, <laughs> Newcastle United. Uh, yeah, it, the, the, the t- those teams right there, I'm gonna say from Tottenham on down because I still think I still think you know Manchester City are obviously in a different level, right, and. So far, Arsenal, you know, just being four points clear with a with a game in hand, or with a game uh, a game a game play an extra game played, right? Um, it's gonna be tight, and yeah. you got to kind of have a manager who uh, isn't gonna isn't isn't gonna try to you know isn't gonna crack, which I, I kind of think Torchell did a little bit, yeah. Um, so. This is. I think this is going to be the first season in a long while where we're actually going to have. And no offense to no no offense to West Ham United of last season, and, and then I think Leicester City from the you know the prior two. Uh, there's going to be a legitimate five or six teams competing for the Champions League spot this yeah. year. Because I, I mean I don't know about yourself. I watch a ton of Newcastle United and. I just think our I just think our defensive form alone is going to keep us in, in, in keep us in games when we're, uh, you know our, our offensive capabilities aren't going to be there. And if you could turn losses into draws, just picking up points is it's going to keep you in that in that Champions League race. So it's going to shape up to be an interesting season. I love how you you can turn uh, a discussion about Chelsea into a discussion about Newcastle United. That's just peak. I just feel like that's uh, peak. That's peak Jordan. Well, of course, because I'm <laughs> Newcastle United all the time, no. every every time. Uh, but so okay, so it's going to be an interesting. I said it's going to be an interesting season. Let's uh, let let's let's transition to the other concerning question. Is it going to be a season oh. where? Where uh, no, where Ronaldo finishes with Manchester United, right? Yeah, so it's like it's, yes, so their opponents this weekend. So Manchester United, um, they had a, I would say, a, a, it was a good result yesterday against uh, against Tottenham Hotspur. 
two nil at Old Trafford. Um, I, I mean, Bruno, I would Bruno say Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, Bruno Fernandez getting on the score sheet. Um, I think uh, Fred even scoring. You know, again, we said this last year. You know, it's bad when Fred scores against you. No, he's been having a good season, and um, but uh, again, much like the Liverpool situation, the talk after this is not about the good performance by Manchester United. It's about the actions of their. I feel like you can say he's a want away star at this point, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, who left the game before uh, the the uh, the final whistle had been blown. Uh, he was on the bench. I heard a report that he he refused to be subbed on. I don't know if that's true. I do know that he walked away in like the 89th minute and supposedly was not even in the dressing room and was not even at the ground and had gotten dressed and had left by the time the game was over and stoppage time was was complete. So he will not be a part of the match day squad either on the bench or on the pitch to take on uh, Chelsea this Saturday. Uh, that has been that was confirmed by the club today uh, as they are dealing with with this, and it's just he issued what I can only describe as a quarter-hearted apology. I don't even think he said he was sorry on uh, Instagram today for his behavior. Um, yeah, it's he does not look like a, a player that wants to end this season at Old Trafford. And it, it kind of goes back to the summer when he was supposedly wanted to leave. And then he sort of intimated that maybe he didn't want to leave. And then people were like, well, why don't you just come out and say whether you want to or not? And he wouldn't, which makes you think, well, he definitely does, but he doesn't want to seem like he does. So it definitely looks like Ronaldo is not pleased with with the way that this second stint at Manchester United is going. This was another sign of that. And I don't know. I mean, hey, look, Eric Ten Hag's got this team looking good. If I'm him, I don't I don't know that I care. Like, if he wants to go in, in, in January, let him go. I mean, he, right at the email, after what happened, uh, you know, at the weekend in the match against Newcastle United, where, I mean, I don't know if you saw it or not, where he thought he scored the goal, uh, but it turned out, you know, the the, the official had not given the, the the had not blown the whistle for the free kick uh, for the free kick to uh, to to be played yet. Um, <laughs> he got subbed off there. Uh, for Marcus Rashford, and then, you know, in this match against Tottenham, he doesn't even bother to stay till the till the end of the match. Uh, good running to this point, man. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Really true. Like at least stick around till the final whistle. Like you don't have to go out on the pitch and shake hands. Yeah, or but anything like that. He, but you like, got to stay there. He, in full, in full training gear, he got up and walked out, just up the tunnel. And he knows you know, the I, cameras are on him. Like he yeah. knows, he knows. You know, I, 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 I've, I've compared him to Kobe uh, in the past, just because I kind of feel like their attitudes towards the game itself are very similar. That has nothing to but do with I mean, the fact that you're a late... Dallas Mavericks fan. But anyways, no, shut up. Might, no, might, might uh, paint your opinion a little bit, but go on. No, no, no. I, I always thought Kobe Bryant was a great player. Yeah. Uh, I, I just kind of thought he was maybe a bit of a, a, a of an asshole uh, in the Michael Jordan vein sometimes. R.I.P. And, uh, yes, R.I.P. But I, I feel like, you know, towards the end of his career, Kobe Bryant kind of had the face turn, you know? 
uh, after you know the uh, the back to back titles in you know two thousand nine two thousand ten. I mean, he was on some pretty bad Laker teams toward yeah. you know toward, like in the middle in the middle of the teams, and you know he 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 played he stuck it out there. He played and he gave it his all, and yep. you know before his passing, he 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 you know. After all of his faults, he, he he came off as a pretty decent guy, and R- Ronaldo is going in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a really good point. I, I actually I, I think that's a really good comparison when you when you talk about you know those two players and the trajectory of their careers, and the fact that Kobe was a you know kind of like like he I mean I'm sure he wasn't okay with the fact that those Lakers teams were terrible, but he stuck it out because he loved the franchise and he loved the game. Yeah, and Ronaldo's just not doing that. No, and 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 if if Ronaldo's, you know, I, I kind of think with the World Cup being honestly, if the World Cup had been in the summer, Adam, I don't think he would have. I, I think he might have retired from the game. I just kind of think he, he's giving off like I don't want to be here, be here vibes. He's definitely before. doing that. I don't know that he would have retired, but I I do think he maybe would have used the World Cup and that as a sort of a. This is my last hurrah on the international stage, and now I'm going to try and like go to MLS or I don't know, go to back to Portugal and play for for you know play there for a little while or, or play I don't know. I'd, he might be interested in going and playing in some place like Saudi Arabia or, or somewhere like that. I, I I agree with you there. I don't think he's he retires. I I think I see Ronaldo trying to do what Zlatan has done, which is just to kind of keep playing and will play into his 40s and. You know, we'll 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 go where he needs to go in order to keep playing and to keep scoring and to keep everybody cheering about him. It's either that or he wants to be a manager. And maybe before, and this is just pure speculation, but maybe before when he was at Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he saw an opportunity to sort of be like, and this is a bad comparison because I think he's a good NBA coach now, but to sort of be like the LeBron James to Eric Spolstra, like. Yeah, the coach is there, but I'm I'm getting to call some of the shots, and I'm sort of getting to put my weight around and and you know talk about and and, and you know have input on the team and the way that the way it's, the way that it's played and 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 things like that. And I think maybe he thought he was going to get that opportunity, but now that Erickson Hogg is there and it's very clearly his team, and there's a director of football, and they have this whole entire setup designed to do the things that Ronaldo would want to do. He's just kind of being, you know, kept at the periphery in that kind of stuff, and and now is not even making starting lineups, and I think that's upsetting him. Yeah. Honestly, that's a that's a good comparison too, because if you because if you remember, uh, it was a meeting between Pat Riley and LeBron James that basically laid down the law that like, hey, Eric Spolstra is the coach. Yeah, got to listen to him, and you know, Ayrton Hogg. Seems seem at at the moment seems to be the future of Manchester United, and uh, Ronnie's not on the boat. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He's off in the water doing his own thing, and he's going to get left behind. And it's going to be hilarious when he ends up like at Wolves on uh, <laughs> uh, on a free transfer. Hey, they need a manager. They need a manager too. Striker. They need a striker too. Are we are we are we throwing it out there, Ronaldo to to Wolverhampton player manager? Well, so I mean, there there are there, there are a ton of Portuguese players on that squad. 
<laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah, it'd be basically be like going to manage the Portuguese national team. Um, Steve Davis, uh, who's been the interim manager at Wolverhampton Wanderers, Wolves did confirm, uh, side note, Wolves did confirm this week that uh, he will continue in his role as manager at Wolves at least until or through to 2023. So my guess is what that means is we're going to wait to see what happens at the World Cup and what transpires after that's all done. And maybe Steve will be the manager after that, or maybe we'll we'll hire somebody else. So, uh, um, But for the, for the time being, Steve Davis is the man at Wolves. Yes, Jordan. Did, did it? Uh, did did Caleb feel a little bit, you know, disheartened by the fact that Wolverhampton couldn't pluck um, Michael Beal from uh, QPR? <laughs> That's uh, right. I did see that this week. That he decided, <laughs> no thanks. I'm going to stay with with uh, QPR and continue. And in fairness to Michael Beal, they are doing quite well. QPR. Uh, I think they're up in the in the promotion spots at the moment. So, I mean, they're they're top of the league. So, oh, okay. I didn't. Uh, well, that that changed. I I didn't know they were top. I I knew that they were up towards. They were up towards there. But uh, wow, what happened? Okay, so the, yeah. So they're top of the league on goal difference. They're just ahead of Blackburn. I'm glad Blackburn's doing well. Um, that, yes, that's that's nice. I would love to see Blackburn back in the Premier yeah, League. That'd be good. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of uh, action over the weekend in the Premier League, of course, and then there was uh, some midweek. Midweek matches going on. So, midweek wise, uh, we had Brighton and Nottingham Forest finishing goalless. Crystal Palace beat Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, Palace are on a pretty good run at the moment. Um, just looking at their their run of results here, I think. Yeah, they've just had the one loss in the last six games. So they have a, they they drew with Newcastle and Brentford. Uh, they lost Chelsea just barely. But then they, they beat Leeds, uh, drew with Leicester City, and then they beat Wolves. So Palace are on a bit are, are on a, a pretty good uh, tear at the moment. On Wednesday, Bournemouth uh, lost at home to Southampton, a good win for Ralph Hasenhuddle and his side. Brentford and, and Chelsea finished goalless at the Brentford Community Stadium. Liverpool won West Ham nil. Uh, the second half performance the second half performance was better from West Ham, but I am so so sick and tired of David Moyes being timid against teams that I feel like we can we can pull strings against. I mean, Liverpool, they've been good lately. But they're defensively, they haven't been super great. And so why then you would decide to send out Pablo Fornals on the left instead of Saeed Benrahma and actually try and, you know, keep Trent Alexander-Arnold honest they're on that that left hand side or the right hand side for Liverpool, and actually push this line back. I just don't get it. I don't get the tactics. I don't understand what he was trying. I know Paquetta's out. He'll be out for a couple of weeks. Um, this is something with his shoulder that happened over the weekend. Um, you know, good result over the weekend. A good hard fight. St. Mary's is a hard place to play. Keep that momentum going. And instead, they were just they were timid. They sat back. Darwin was able to score pretty easily, and then we just couldn't finish. So. Uh, that, I, I don't know, a lot of West Ham fans were talking afterwards about how, you know, it's Liverpool away, one no result shouldn't be considered to be all that bad, you know, we had a better second half performance, all that stuff. Yeah, that's great. I wish we would just come out and, and play the damn game from the, from the start. And we may have actually gotten something out of that game. Just like Newcastle did against Everton, one no win, uh, uh, Almiron with, the, with a good goal there. 
Um, he's been doing well this season, and they mentioned United beating uh, beating Tottenham two nil. Um, on uh, on yeah. Almiron, uh, it is just hilarious to because every time he scores, my 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 Twitter timeline is immediately immediately flooded with uh, the Jack Grealish quote, and then the side by side stat comparison, and it's hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you know, I, I talked before about you know what what kind of player I thought Miggy was, uh, and you know where where he kind of would fit into the club as it moves forward. Uh, God damn, the boy has heart. He really does. He he really does. And he and it it's that 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 goal was impressive. Uh, and his quote after the match was funny too because you know uh, I believe he said something along along the lines of well you know I saw. I saw Pickford in goal, and I know he has short arms, so I just just <laughs> put it over. And uh, it was great. Uh, I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw the pictures from the crowd. There were people at St. James's Park with inflatable T Rexes uh, to heckle uh, Jordan Pickford, which uh, honestly, man, I, I expect no less. I. Uh, I really hope he's still in the league if I ever make it over there and I, I can see <laughs> Newcastle versus Everton because I will have a, an inflatable T-Rex in my hand making fun of old T-Rex arms over there. Um, Newcastle, uh, you know, after these, after this, uh, you know, the Sunday match against Manchester United and then this midweek match against Everton, we are still sitting at nine goals allowed. Uh fewest goals allowed in the Premier League at this at the point. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know I don't know if you, you, you will pay enough attention to talk sport, but No, they they're are, usually pretty they, shit, but <laughs> they they are saying Dan Bird for England. And I mean I wanna give I, I give him a shot at this point. You know, you kinda kinda gotta see what sticks, you know? Uh, because it's 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 gonna be your it's gonna be your depth of your squad that you know wins you a World Cup and he he's a big old he's a big old lad. Kind of reminds me of um, of uh, Terry Butcher for England. So now now I just we need Dan Byrne to like go into a tackle super hard and get blood all over his shirt, and then he'll be then he'll be a real England player. I feel like I, I mean, Terry yeah, Butcher I, I, thinks it's a good good comparison. I mean, I feel like he would do that. And then uh, I don't know if you did. Y'all see the tweet I sent uh, the group chat earlier today about uh, Kieran Trippier's Instagram? Oh yeah, this is a cute little joke. <laughs> I mean, he is. I mean, with with, with Botman at six four six four, with Dan Burn at six seven, with Shar I think is an even six one, and Trippier's over there like at five ten. It is hilarious just to see the, uh, the the height decline across our back line. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, actually, it was. I, I thought it was a great match. Uh, you know, we controlled we controlled Everton. Anthony Gordon, which is so weird because you know we we think of Anthony Gordon as this really quick player, yet he didn't ha- you know take the opportunity to really kind of press Dan Byrne. You know, who's not necessarily like. The, the the most agile players, but you know, uh, Gordon really never challenged him out on that, out on that left wing, and you know we're just stacking up the points, Adam. 
Um, my hopes for my uh, in real life bet, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still clinging hope because we're only sitting one point back from Manchester United, and we still have the uh, the match at St James's Park to play. Um, I, I haven't readjusted my uh, my uh, my expectations for the season, but the way the boys are playing right now. Anything can be possible. Anything can be possible. Really and truly, anything can be possible. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird. It's again, like I said, it's weird to have hope, you know, and uh, and you know, and to go into a match saying, "Oh, home at Everton, that's a win. That's a three point right. Th- those are three. That's three points we're taking home right there." Um. No, I. I it, it just it. I, I almost assume it makes it for you know bad podcasting because I'm not the grumpy Newcastle fan as uh, as I was for a year, you know. Yeah, you just continue to go on and on and on about one Newcastle match. No, um, <clears throat> no, it was is yeah, good performance by Newcastle, and I I think I think that's I mean you're still without Alexander Isak, so I mean when he yeah, comes back, it's going to be and Isak is out till after the World Cup, so we're yeah. not going to see until January. As uh, is uh, Angelo Conte. For Chelsea, by the way, that was news oh, this week. That's got to be so, tough for France. Yeah, that's going to suck for them. Um, uh, we mentioned Fulham beating Aston Villa 3-0 today uh, here on Thursday, and then Leicester City with a 2-0 win against Leeds. Good for Leicester. Uh, we got to talk about Leeds next week. They are they are not looking great. Um, yeah. Leeds, yeah. We, we definitely, Leeds, we definitely have to pencil in because America's team is on a, uh, on a five-match losing streak right now. And right now they're playing like the old America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, hey, sir, again, <laughs> you know, you build me up and then you just got to make sure you cut me down I, with from... that, that, that Cowboys company, you jerk. Um, so uh, Premier League table looks like this after those two match days. Aston Villa, Arsenal uh, sit top on 27 points. They have a nice little cushion against Manchester City, who are in second. Tottenham in third still uh, with that result against Manchester United. Chelsea in fourth. Manchester United just behind them on 19 points in fifth. Newcastle in sixth. Liverpool have climbed up to seventh place. Just two points behind you, Jordan, and with a game in hand. Uh, Brighton, Fulham, and Brentford round out our top ten. Fulham still in the top ten thanks to that win against Villa today. Palace up to 11th. Uh, they are even on points with Bournemouth. West Ham, we are, God, we're behind Bournemouth. How is that possible? We, West Ham with 11 points, sitting in 13th place. Uh, Southampton, Everton, Leeds, and Aston Villa, not uh, kind of playing it dangerously, but the most dangerous, uh, the, the, the teams who are living the most dangerously at the, at the moment, Wolves, Leicester, and Nottingham Forest, who are in 18th, 19th, and 20th. Um, is it Adam? Is it weird to say, is it weird to say that um, uh, the in the in this early season, early part of the season, uh, there is a bit of a London bias towards the top half of the table, uh, just because I can count one, two, three, four, five London teams, um, one, two, three, in the, in four. the top half. Hold on, one, two. Three, four, five. Yeah, 
I mean, it's five of ten. If you want to feel it, let's see. One, two. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there's only two at the bottom half. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's the sound. <laughs> it's it's the if you want to if you want to be upset about the the power of the South right now, blame Margaret Thatcher. Um. Uh, <laughs> another another uh, <laughs> another thing that uh, we had saw happen over the past week: FA Cup first round draw. Um, I didn't list all of the games. That uh, that will be taking place because I think there there were some replays this week um, from that final qualifying round. But the first round proper has been drawn. Some of the teams that uh, we like to pay attention to on uh, on We Ate All the Pies, Bournemouth up the wood. They are uh, playing at home to Eastleigh. Uh, Bradford versus Harriet Tan. I, if I remember correctly, that's a Yorkshire derby uh, that'll be played um, at. Valley Parade, Sutton United from South London. They'll be taking on Farnborough. Shrewsbury will be taking on York City. York City, of course, being the club that uh, Caleb took to glory uh, in um, in uh, in Football Manager. And then this one, I just saw. I, I I love it just because of the the name. So Burton Albion, we all know who they are. Um, they are play at home to Needham Market. Do not ask me where they are. I just saw this today. It's, a, it's this little market town, Needham Market. What a fun little little t- little team that is. We'll have to learn more. Maybe that oh, can be a uh, yeah. The, that can be let, a, let, a welcome to. Yeah, let's let let let's that be uh, let that be ne- next week's welcome to because I'm just imagining a team of all grocers. <laughs> like uh, yes, it's yeah, it's the groceries. Like they, it's yeah. It's the Nino Market, and they all have their, uh, their you know, the, the aprons tied around the waist. Uh, you know, the, there's the manager out there who on the touchline who's, you know, willing to give, willing willing to give discounts to the officials, uh, you know, for for beneficial you know calls. Um, <laughs> it's a team of green grocers. Yeah, uh, the the the. The the guys from the meat department are the back line. They all have their own. They all have their meat coats on, and a and a uh, a knife hidden somewhere on them. Well, that's just Sunday league football. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, FA Cup first round that'll happen over the weekend of the fifth of November, um, and I'm sure that ESPN Plus will have some matches uh, that they will schedule. Um, oh, here's an interesting one. In the first round, for I think the first time in a while, Darby County go to Torquay United down in the West Country. So back it's Darby County are playing in the first round of the FA Cup. What a weird world we live in. Um, so this is what the weekend looks like for the Premier League. So we start on Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool, a classic English fixture. This match in the '80s would have been like a, a just a, a barn burner. I mean, this would have been a fantastic match to see. Um, that's going to be on USA Network, like I said, 7:30 a.m. Eastern Time from the City Ground. At 10 a.m., we have two matches on Saturday: Everton versus Palace. That's on USA Network, and Manchester City against Brighton at the Etihad. That's at P- that's on uh, Peacock on Saturday. The late Saturday game, 12:30 p.m. Eastern Time: Chelsea versus Manchester United. This one's going to be on NBC from Stamford Bridge. On Sunday, Aston Villa versus Brentford. These are all the uh, 8 a.m. kickoffs. Uh, Villa versus Brentford, Leeds versus Fulham. That's going to be on CNBC because it's Leeds, so we have to put them on television. 
Southampton versus Arsenal, uh, which is going to be on Peacock, and then Wolves against Leicester City, that's going to be on USA Network. And then 11.30 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time, Tottenham versus your Newcastle Jordan from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium down in London. Uh, Tottenham smarting from that loss to Manchester United on Wednesday. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up against the high-flying tune. Then on Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, West Ham versus Bournemouth. Uh, that's on USA Network. So that's your Premier League weekend. Uh, I've got... I'm kind of doing this live. So the update from Top Shelf Picks over the weekend, Jordan, is that nobody did well because um, we all we all suck. It was a bad week of picking around. <laughs> well, you know what? We all got the status quo. The status quo still benefits me. So uh, um, let's just look. Let's just move, put that week behind us. Let's 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 move forward with some new picks. Yes, this is going to be match week uh, 11. And the matches that I chose for this week. So I, I sent these to Caleb, even though he's not here. So we will have uh, his picks at some point, though he hasn't texted them uh, yet. Uh, so this week, Jordan, we're going to have Everton versus Palace, just because I feel like it's going to be a good game. Uh, Everton really in need of a win. They're going to be at home. Crystal Palace, like I said, doing very, very well. And, of course, this was the match at the end of last season where Everton won it. And, of course, there was a whole controversy with Patrick Vieira and the fans on the pitch and Everton surviving relegation and, and the late goal and all that stuff. So that's a rematch there. Uh, Chelsea versus Manchester United is our second match to pick. And our third match to pick, Wolves versus Leicester City, the team without a manager and the team we thought would be without a manager, uh, squaring off in that one. And, oh, damn it, I'm the first one to... I'm the first one up this week. Um, so let's see. Everton versus Palace. Um, man, it's this is God. This is tough. I am gonna say. I think it's. I, I'm going for Palace here. They've been on a good a good run. I think it's going to be a two one win uh, to the visitors. Crystal Palace getting the win at Goodison Park, and putting some pressure on Frank Lampard. Uh, Chelsea versus Manchester United. Um, it's really kind of the first big game for Graham Potter. I'm very interested to see how he approaches this one. I think he might be a little cautious because he's a little nervous, um, which is which is fine. So I'm gonna go with a one-one draw um, at Stamford Bridge, and then Wolves versus Leicester City. Um, Leicester have not been in very very good form. Uh, uh, well, let me consistent form. Let me say that. So they did get the win over the weekend, but I'm going to pull the trigger and say Wolves are going to beat Leicester by two goals to nil at Molyneux on Sunday. So, Jordan, your picks. Just a reminder, Everton versus Palace, uh, Chelsea versus Manchester United, and Wolves versus Leicester. Um, so, I have Palace winning 2-1 versus Everton. Uh, Patrick Vieira gets his revenge on that random fan who came up and got into his face. And just beat the shit out of them after the match <laughs> uh, in, in, the, in the car lot. Um, I'm going to say 1-0 to Chelsea. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. And then I'm going to say 1-0 to Leicester. Okay. And uh, the only reason why I'm saying 1-0 to Leicester is because, you know, they're not really consistent, but they do have the talent. I'm specifically thinking of Dewsbury Hall. Yeah. Uh, which, that's, that's a great last name, Dewsbury Hall. Uh, and then it's, it's really James Madison 
has been on form as well. And then Yuri Tillemans is still there. And those guys can really just bomb away from deep. And they're going to score like the 35-yard goal on you. I, I just kind of feel like that's what's going to separate the uh, separate Leicester versus the uh, versus Wolves. Um, let's see, it's Madison. Sorry, I was just looking. I don't think he played against Leeds, unless I'm missing him in this lineup. No, I did. I, no, I'm not. He, yeah, he didn't play. But I don't think he's injured. I think they were just resting him. So, so yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a good. I mean, that's. I I just. You know they've been kind of inconsistent. I think Wolves are. I don't. I want to say turning a corner. I don't think that they are. But I think it's it's a. It's 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 they're at home. I think it's an important game. I think it's one that they know that if they can win it, it's going to go a long way toward their survival or their potential survival this season. So I think they're definitely going to be up for it. Whereas Leicester, you know, in games where they needed to win, I don't know. They've just kind of been eh, so so. Certainly going to be a, a good weekend. Of football uh, coming up, and uh, and yeah, this is a good show. Even even without Caleb, I, I'm sad, but uh, he'll be back next week, I'm sure. By the way, we went to um, so it, it was it was kind of strange. So when when he came up here, he st- so he stayed with us. So I've got Caleb here, who's my friend from college, and from my newspaper days, and then we actually had a friend who we worked with at the same newspaper up here in Oklahoma. Uh, come out and he's got a different job now and so we all sort of marveled at how much better our jobs are than their previous job um, which was fun and then he kind of my group of friends who I see consistently here in, in Oklahoma City also came out so it was sort of a strange combination of worlds um, uh, for me but it was good it was a lot of fun but we went to this place sort of like an, an arcade bar and, oh uh, nice yeah and definitely got down some NFL blitz Oh, gotta love yeah. old school NFL blitz. Oh, oh man, talking talk about talking about CTE. <laughs> uh, <laughs> NFL blitz does not hold back on hits. Um, I remember it, so they had that game, and yeah, I mean, this is I I, I don't know if, if anybody I'm if anybody outside of the United States probably doesn't know what NFL blitz is. So think American football, but like. There are no late hits. I mean, there's no pass interference. They did enforce the offside rule. Otherwise, they would have been playable. But, I mean, it's just this sort of more fast-paced kind of, you know, it's an arcade game. And it's and it's football, but it's like with all of the restrictive rules taken away, therefore, you can pretty much just truck people and let out some frustration. It was It, it is many a American teenage boy enjoyed NFL Blitz um Growing up, for for various reasons, they also weren't. Uh, I'll just put it this way: they they weren't shy about including the cheerleaders in, uh, um, in the gaming experience. I, I kind of felt like NFL Blitz was the go to was the go to game if your parents made an objection about you spending money at the mortal at the Mortal Combat. <laughs> yeah, like yes. the the yeah. level of violence is inherently the same. There's just a little bit more blood when it comes to Mortal Combat. Yeah, but uh, yeah. parents were like NFL, no, go play that. You're fine. Uh, as you as you you know reenact a power you know a defensive tackle power bombing a running back into the ground sure um, there's definitely some of that know, we also played uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles which is of course wow. a classic yeah 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 turn it that no, back that, that's a, that game was tough too I, we got I, pretty I far we did pretty good 
I clearly remember there was times where you could just th- you just throw the uh, uh, the Super NES uh, controller uh, down in frustration. Um, next thing you're going to tell me is you played Cruiser World too. No, no, we didn't do that one. Um, but they did have so they had an N64 there that was set up to this giant projector screen, and Smash <laughs> Brothers was on it. So, and I for the for the first time ever. Because I never win at that game. For the first time ever, I actually won a round of Smash Brothers with, um, I think, with Kirby. Oh, yeah. 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 Nah. nah. You pulled a dub. Hey. Yeah. But then I got, I was, I I was, I did the, uh, it was, it was, it was a moment. I I did the, the Lester City. I, I was the first one. I guess Lester City wouldn't be a very good, good example. I don't know. I, I won that game. And then the next game, I was the first one out. So, Oof. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say, um, what, could you not pop in GoldenEye or uh, Mario Kart 64 while you're at it? it? If we'd have seen GoldenEye, we'd have been there all night. That would have been great. So, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We had Gold, a good time. Uh, yeah, all, all, you're miss, all you're missing was some Surge Yep. and, like, some, dunker, some Dunkaroos, and you'd have really, like, just... And maybe a trip to Blockbuster for feeling lucky to, uh, to 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 make it just a true '90s '90s sleepover. I wonder what that. So that's that's like an American thing. Like you know, when, when we were growing up, you you know, going to Blockbuster, getting some pizza, Mountain Dew or Surge, you know, and just kind of having that that kind of Friday night. I wonder what that was, but like in the UK, like what you know, was, what's the UK version of that? I have no idea. Honestly, I I'm interested with that question as well. Yeah. Uh, if any of our 90 plus listeners want to reach out <laughs> and tell us what you did as children in the 90s on a, on a weekend, yeah, I would love to know uh, yeah. because there was nothing better than going to a blockbuster like at 5:30 at night uh, because you went bef- you you went before dinner you went before dinner because if you went after dinner, man, you weren't getting any of the good video games and you weren't getting any of the good movies. Yeah, uh, because you had to get a, you had to get a movie too. Uh, because video games were like late late night. You know, you pop in the movie like you, you're in the room, all your buds are there. Your parent, you pop in Sandlot or D two the Mighty Ducks. Watch that, and then it's right into some Goldeneye. Ah, oh, fun times. See, for me, it was we had to get a movie because I was. The, my it was sister parents you, you, yeah y'all go watch the movie over there i'm gonna go play my video game that's that's how it was for me i was like yeah i, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, okay, go yeah i got you okay go uh, as you're as you're over there knocking out some perfect dark <laughs> yeah they're they're watching uh they're, they're watching uh uh homeward bound <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um, uh so yeah so i I'd, I'd be interested to know what that was if you search we ate all the pies on twitter you'll find one of us i'm sure and uh and you can you can just let us know so yeah. uh, speaking of speaking of, you know they're making a movie about Blockbuster, right? Like you mean like a documentary? Or like no, it's not. Like a... It's not. It's more of a comedy. It's it's a oh. comedy. It's got that. Uh, it, it's what 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 is what is the actor? His his last name is Park. Uh, he was in the ABC show Fresh Off the Boat as the dad. Um. Yeah, I don't watch ABC, so. Okay, I, I don't. I don't this, watch this ABC I just, I just, I, uh, I just know the premise of it is, is you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bunch of people 
who've who've worked at Blockbuster for a very long time, and they 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 they, they get told that they're based that basically because of another store closing down, they're the last Blockbuster. Yeah. So it's the so it's the hilarity of you know working in you know working in working in retail, and then you know the uh, just the you know the, the change of life moments that occur when you're working for a company that's about to just go bankrupt. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. Well, good. Well, that actually that could be funny. Last thought. Uh, I, I know. I, I know we're only four weeks away, but we got four weeks left of this. I'd say weird season. It's been a very strange season because, because November November twelfth is the last weekend, and then it's World Cup time. Yeah. So we got after this. We got basically. I think just. Well, really, I think it's maybe two more shows where we're just talking about Premier League, and then we're going to switch it over to some World Cup stuff. So, yeah, um, it, very exciting times, but also, like I said, just a very weird season. It just feels like we're all rushing toward this stoppage, and then I assume there's going to be a time after the stoppage, but I just cannot see beyond this World Cup. But I'm very excited for the World yeah. Cup. The World uh, Cup is looming, looming large, and unfortunately for the, the the fans of We Ate All the Pies, just let you just to let y'all know we are going to be very pro American. Uh, you know, once we co- once we come out, uh, you know, we we start the break. Um, I, I'm going to have my uh, I'm I'm going to look like Will Ferrell from Saturday <laughs> Saturday Night Live. I'm going to have like a red, white, blue speedo on just at all times. Oh, thank uh, you for that. Oh. Hey, sir. Just try to protect the to protect the listeners, because I know they don't want to see me in that. <laughs> they we're celebrating our rights as Americans, sir. Our rights to never mind. I'm not even gonna not even gonna go there. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get yeah this is this is turning into something it shouldn't. Uh, we're gonna yeah so we'll head out. We we will be doing some. Uh, some World Cup stuff. We're gonna we're gonna switch gears to more of an American focused show. Although we'll talk plenty of World Cup, um, but uh, that'll be coming in just a couple of weeks, and we'll have some more details on that when when Caleb comes back. So, thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful Premier League weekend. It is coming up very fast. Have a good Friday, and uh, Jordan, let's go eat some pies, guys. Let's go eat some pies. Let's go watch some NBA. It's uh, it's back. So uh, so enjoy that uh, tonight, Jordan. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, guys.